Hello, welcome to Brace and Ren 3, direct to video. My name is Brace Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Today we'll be discussing the Disney Toons film, Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin, released in 1997. Uh, with me is always to break down, uh, at this point, I don't even know what this is. Uh, my co-host, Roxford <laughs> Cobbins. Uh, Ren, how's it going? Uh, it's actually Krem Flobbin Bobbin. <laughs> <laughs> Kren Fern and Berman? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dear Bryce, worry about me. I'm going far away. Help. Um, so I noticed, so the message that you just left, that's only half of what you said. Yeah. Um, should I listen to the full portion or should I just go by the half that I was able to read? Half is enough, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, it's like uh, when you have to read a book for class, like sometimes you can just read half of it. You know, teacher's not going to know. No, no. Yeah, uh, I used to just every other chapter, <laughs> every other chapter. And you pretty much get you get what they're getting at. So, I mean, yeah, if, if you're an observant reader, you don't have to read the whole thing. Mm -mm. It's like uh, with this movie, you know, you can watch every other scene and still get the full picture. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Or usually what I'll do is I can I'll try to find. Uh, versions of movies in which, uh, like, the audio for one character is taken out, mm -hmm. but not the other character. I so. like to watch uh, six movies at once while a video essay is playing. <laughs> I feel like this is the best way to consume media. Um, yeah, we've seen, Ren, you and I have seen every single super, uh, every Baby single Geniuses. Baby Geniuses movie. <laughs> Technically, yes. Technically, we have seen there's, all of them. There's not a minute of Baby Geniuses that you and I haven't watched. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so hard. It's so weird to accept that that's just a true fact. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, I couldn't tell you much about any of them because we watched them all at the exact same time. Along <laughs> with, was it a Mario Odyssey? Is that what it was? Yes, it was Super Mario Odyssey. It's no masterpiece. Yeah, it was someone like heavily critiquing Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Man. Which, really, if you're not watching it alongside every Baby Genius movie, are you really watching it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. Wow. Do you think that there's gonna be another Mario Odyssey? Like, what? what is Nintendo doing? Uh, you, you were so sure that they were making a Mario Odyssey sequel, and I was so sure they were doing DLC, and they did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, it feels like... Remember back in 2020, after Nintendo had had, like, three years of strong momentum, and then the pandemic hit, and then they had, like, a slowdown, and it was like, oh, like, there's a pandemic going on, like, this makes sense. Um, and then they started to put out, like, a little bit more content and stuff, uh, and now I feel like we're back at the pandemic state. We absolutely are. Where... Like, the fact that Breath of the Wild got pushed, uh, Splatoon mm -hmm. 3 and uh, Xenoblade 3 flipped release dates for no reason mm -hmm. like yeah. they're clearly shuffling stuff around to keep fan interest engaged because they know they don't have the heavy hitters right now yeah um and like and i know that like like uh, you like xenoblade right you're i'm I sure you're, you're very excited for xenoblade 3 like i know that there's there's people out there really excited for it um but i just feel like there's like nothing even like splatoon 3 i'm excited about but it feels like uh 
not a big enough stretch from Splatoon 2 to make me say, like, oh, that's a game I need to play. Um, For me... This... Yeah, go ahead. For me, like, one of the things that... uh. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's like bothering me, but something I've noticed about this generation for Nintendo mm-hmm. is that we're really only getting like one installment for every like flagship title. Like for yeah. Nintendo sixty four, we had Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask for Zelda. We mm-hmm. had Super Mario sixty four and like a million Mario games for Mario. Yeah. Like for GameCube, Twilight Princess, and Wind Waker for Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like for the Switch, we're running out of like their major franchises. Like, Mario got Mario Odyssey, and it's looking like we're not going to get a second one. Anything. Mm-hmm. We got Breath of the Wild at launch. Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out, but, like, at the pace it's mm-hmm. going now, I wouldn't be surprised if when it comes out, Nintendo's like, all right, Switch 2 is going to be soon now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing, is that, like, the Switch is at the point where I'm definitely, I'm over the novelty of it. It feels so underpowered compared to other just like what other systems have right now yeah like, um going from playing like my ps5 and my switch are probably my two most played consoles right now and jumping between them sometimes it's just insane yeah like, the switch is still running on a level that's like early ps4 like launch ps4 mm. if that mm. really that's me being generous yeah it's uh and so, like, with Breath of the Wild 2 coming out, I'm sure Nintendo's going to optimize the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't doubt if that's why it's taking so long at this stage. Yeah, is that they're trying to just get it <laughs> to function on what is now a five-year-old system that had... Uh, that was already that was, dated. At the time, already... Out. Yeah, already dated. So, um, yeah, I just don't... And you gotta wonder, like, Switch 2, do they just do the same thing, but it's just more powerful? I um, really think a Switch Pro was planned at some point, yeah. but the chip shortage yeah. must have, like, thrown a wrench in that. And with, like, the OLED just coming out, Nintendo couldn't afford to push it again. Well, exactly. So it's, like, it, it feels like they've almost put themselves a little bit into a corner. Um, and I just don't know. I don't know what, what is up with Nintendo. Um... I'm, like, over here straight chilling with all my, like, online multiplayer games and, like, and everything with my PC. So, like, I'm I'm fine in terms of games, but my Switch is really not being touched at all because there's, there's nothing. I use my Switch pretty often, but at this stage, it's more for retro games. Yeah, like, that NSO makes sense. Like, is the most value I've gotten out of the Switch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like the service. I know not everyone likes it. I know not everyone's a fan of the fact that they... Uh, gated nintendo 64 games behind uh another like premium for it i would much rather that this were a virtual console that i could buy the games but Mm -hmm. i mean in terms of performance like ocarina of time on switch is the only version of ocarina of time i've ever played that has no slowdown yeah like it's not the best version of the game aesthetically like it has some graphical issues Mm -hmm. and it really you know it it doesn't like maintain all the effects that you would find on a native nintendo 64 yeah, but in terms of like pure mechanics, they the emulation on NSO it runs pretty well enough where you know it's been my main source of retro gaming for a while now. Yeah, yeah, I love uh I love it on the 3DS specifically Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Like they, um, to me like they just they both look really good for what the 3DS is. 
They're uh, on there. The best looking games on the 3DS. Yeah, they look like remarkably good. Um, and I like it. Just feels right in that form factor for me. Um, I I love both versions of the games. I yeah. think I've put like 250 hours into Ocarina of Time 3D, mm-hmm. and like. Oh, and oh, definitely over a hundred in Majora's Mask 3D. Yeah. And the only reason I don't know how much I've played the Nintendo 64 versions is because I've literally been playing them my entire life. Yeah. Dang. But th- oh, those are those are amazing games. I'd love to like do an entire podcast episode just discussing <laughs> one of them. <laughs> well, so I was thinking I uh, almost messaged you this at like one a.m. the other day, and then I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, but I'm willing to if we're if we're gonna just make like a random prediction here. Uh, I feel strongly that Wind Waker or Twilight Princess are going to come out alongside Pokemon uh, in November this year. On this I think I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Nintendo's been doing, like, one big Zelda release a year. Yeah. And Skyward Sword HD, that was last year, right? Uh, yes. Yep, it was, uh, like, summer last year. So yeah. it will have been, like, almost a year and a half by the time that we get to November. So, and we know Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out next year. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I I wonder which one they would pick. I, I would imagine they'd pick Wind Waker. That's what I would think, too. That is the more popular one between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, like, the actual HD remake, it was the one that had the more substantial one. Yeah. I, uh, I, don't, I don't super love the Wii U graphics for the Wind Waker HD, but Hero Mode just makes the game so mm-hmm. much better, I think. Yeah. Like, I know, my biggest I... complaint with Wind Waker is that it's super easy. I almost had this thought because the way that um, I don't know why I was thinking this, and so and you might know more so than me, but has there been a time where, and it may have been with Wind Waker, where no, have they ever like restored content? Um, because with Wind Waker having its like canceled dungeons, um, I gotta like I could see them being like, here's Wind Waker HD on the Switch. Oh, and also, here's a new dungeon. That would be cool. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect it to happen, though. No. The uh, the dungeons they cut for the Wind Waker, they cut two of them, mm-hmm. and according to the producers, they've already been reused in uh, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Yeah, that's right. I, that's right. I, I my theory is that they were supposed to be uh. The uh, volcano and the ice mountain, where you get the fire bow and the uh, ice bow. Mm-hmm. So I think there they would have been like the Goron Mines from Twilight Princess and the ice. What, however, like Snow Peak Mansions would have been reinterpreted on the Great Sea. I think those two would yeah. have been the Wind Waker dungeons that were cut. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think I just so badly. It's ridiculous, friend, that I cannot play Legend of Zelda Wind Waker on the Nintendo Switch. I am just point surprised they've taken this long to port them. It's ridiculous. Like, you'd uh, think it'd mm-hmm. be, like, a no-brainer. They've re-released everything else on the Wii. Yeah. Except, like, the two hardest-to-find Zelda games at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's truly upsetting. And, like, because I was thinking to myself the other day, I would love to just sit down and play some Wind Waker right now. And I'm at the point where I haven't played it in a long enough time that some of it might even feel fresh. Um, when was the last time you replayed it? Uh, I think probably in... Uh, like sophomore year of college like played it like fully through so it's probably been about seven years eight years holy Um, shit that's gonna be a fun replay Uh, as i'm sure you can imagine i'd never wait that that long to replay zelda games 
Yeah, no. No, no, no. It's a well, series I'm pretty much constantly revisiting. Yeah, and I, like I have my GameCube, so I can always plug it in and play it um, if I wanted to, but at the same time, I don't want to if Nintendo's just going to put out a, whatever, a version of it on the Switch in any form. So. I hope it happens. I I know some people really don't like how Nintendo's been just mainly remaking Zelda games and re-releasing them instead of making like new 2D entries, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like having my favorite games on one console. Well, I, yeah. what, I, what I loved about the GameCube was that at the time of its release, you could play every single Zelda game on it if you had a Game Boy player. Mm-hmm. Like, same thing with the Wii U. Like, I'm pretty sure the only Zelda game you can't play on the Wii U are the Four Swords games. Yes. Like, besides yeah. that, all of them are available in some, Everything. For, in some capacity. Yep. Yeah, and that's what, um, that was, like, a huge thing for the Wii U, is just being able to be, like, oh, e- like, this is the Zelda machine. Like, every single Zelda game is available on this machine. So. The Wii U was the last time Nintendo's Virtual Console really meant something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh... I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to buy some stuff off it before the shop goes down for good. Yeah. Do you know what the? I was just thinking about that because I um. I am hoping to try to get through Fire Emblem. What is it? Awakening, on the 3DS. Yeah. That's a great game. I've put like I think that was my most played game on the 3DS for years. Is that the one with the the uh multiple versions or is that? That's Fates. Fates. Okay, so Fates. I wouldn't recommend Fates. You oh, you're anti Fates. <laughs> I'm anti Fates. Awakening is very good. So is uh, Echoes: Shadows of Valentia. Okay. Um. Why? Why not Fates? Why should I avoid Fates? Uh. Do, do, was the story a big part of your enjoyment of Three Houses? Um. More so. More, more so the characters than the story. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Fates has a. I think Fates is the weakest cast of the modern Fire Emblem games. Yeah. I don't think it's particularly compelling. I mean, they're they're all they're all good games. I beat all of them. Mm-hmm. But like of the modern ones, Fates wouldn't be the first one I'd recommend. Let's see. All right, I'm gonna compare them on Metacritic right now, Ren. Fates has a 87. percent Do you think Awakening is higher or lower? I think it's a higher. Let's see. Oh yeah. Let's see. Let's IGN gave it given 9.6. Let's see. Metacritic 92%. Metacritic yeah. must play. It reviewed insanely well. It saved Fire Emblem. Like the series was going to end if this mm-hmm. game didn't do well. Yeah. I should probably check it out. Did you um are you familiar with the Stanley Parable? I am familiar with it, but I haven't played it. Okay. I've I have no I knew nothing about it and got it because it's on uh, a steam sale at the moment and played it for a little bit and it is the most delightfully bizarre game i've ever played really yeah it's very strange um but i like it i like it ren do you want to talk about winnie the pooh bryce i'm having so much fun talking about video games yeah i know i know but that this isn't that podcast you get what i get what i mean I get what you're saying. We can talk yeah. about the boy and the bear. The boy and the bear. Yeah. There's um. So you like this movie? No, 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 no stop. So no. <laughs> this movie is fine. <laughs> this movie is definitely not meant for us, Ren. Yeah, it's. 
Like my my takeaway from this film is that it's completely inoffensive. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's... I am not the target audience for this. I don't it even when I watched Pooh growing up, I never mm. felt like I was the intended target audience cuz I never felt like my heart was this kind growing up. Yeah. And there's like uh th- so what I wh- when I say I like Winnie the Pooh, there is a I think it's maybe like 2000 I don't know, 2012, 2013 Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that when that was in theaters. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. 2011. Pretty good movie. That movie. Uh, pretty cute. Pretty uh, funny. Some fourth wall stuff, which is really good. So that was enjoyable. This, like you said, inoffensive. It's fine. Um, like it. Uh, it looks yeah. nice artistically. It has a nice art style. Mm-hmm. It that's just like the typical Winnie the Pooh art style. But you know, we've watched two Aladdins that looked like pure shit. Yeah. So anything's gonna is, look this better. Is relatively pleasant. Yeah. Um, Ren, the first note that I wrote down here was Christopher Robin disappears because he's in school. I just solved the movie. Um, I think I did that about two minutes into it. Um, and I was feeling really good about myself. Like, uh, very confident and happy that I just figured out the plot of this movie, which is probably meant for five and six year olds. Mm, I'd say three. Okay. I'd skew a bit younger. Do you think that this is the same audience as Planes? As Planes? Oh, Bryce, that's going to be a nightmare. (laughs) Planes is like little kids in high chairs, I'm pretty sure. They're just, they're Uh, still speaking gibberish. Like, mm. what Planes is one of their only words. (laughs) Show me Planes. Yes. Um... So this movie's whole thing is focused around the whole, like, you're smarter than you think, uh, braver than you appear, stronger than you believe, or whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, Mm -hmm. smarter than you think. Yeah. Which is, like, that's, um, one of the quintessential Winnie the Pooh quotes. Yeah. Is, is that line. Uh, that is the whole premise of the movie ultimately yep um is that they assign each of those elements to one of our like we follow five characters on this journey but i feel like uh one of them is very undervalued and then the other one is winnie the pooh um and then bunny eeyore no sorry bunny tigger bunny rabbit rabbit his name is rabbit okay i just said bunny Bunny? yeah (laughs) All of my notes say bunny. What? It's got big ears, the nose, the whiskers. It's a bunny. He's a Boggs bunny. Boggs, Boggs bunny. <laughs> rare, rare bog rattling bunny. Um, rare bog rattling bunny. <laughs> <laughs> the bunnies, what would you think of this rabbit hung out in a bog? I wouldn't like him there. Yeah. He's got, yeah. like, a bad attitude about this. He, so, I wrote, he's no one's favorite, right? Rabbit. <laughs> no one watches Winnie the Pooh and is like, I'm a big rabbit fan. I watch it for rabbit. Yeah, if you look at, like, Winnie the Pooh merch online, okay, you got your Eeyore stuff for the people who kind of like the, like, oh, he's so sad, it's funny kind of thing. Uh, you got your Tigger merch, which is, like, he's just a lovable, like, full of energy character. People love Piglet, you know, Piglet's super cute. People like Pooh, because he's the main character. Rabbit? Nothing. 
He sucks. Yeah, he's vile. He is definitely uh, uh He is not smarter than he thinks. No, I would say he bleeds red. Um <laughs> <laughs> right? I think so. Did you get those vibes? A hundred percent. Rabbit yeah, Rabbit um is a, uh, a man of the South, I believe. <laughs> and... Rabbit was one of the six Supreme Court votes. <laughs> mm, yes. Um, Rabbit is not someone who I would like to spend any time. Like, if I worked with Rabbit, Rabbit would be someone who I would not get drinks with after work. Like, you tell him that, like, we're all going out as a group, but, you know, we're not doing it at the last minute. But then, like, he notices you're all still leaving together. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rabbit is also maybe 50 uh, in a world with uh, everyone else here is uh, like a toddler. I don't know. Some of the, some of the close-up shots of Piglet make him look very old. <laughs> He's got some laugh lines going on. Yeah. Has Piglet seen some shit? I think so. Well, yeah. he's, he's so horrified. He has clear. He's like suffering from Grinch-esque PTSD. Oh, man. Oh man, yeah. So let's dive into these, uh, because so Piglet's whole thing is I am scared of heights, right? So Piglet, uh, that's what Piglet is gonna try to overcome in this whole movie is just fear of heights. He has to be brave. Yes. Um, He's also so afraid of being kidnapped by butterflies. Gratefully so. <laughs> They were going to just take him up and up and up and probably drop him to his death at one point. I think it would have happened. Yeah. I think if Pooh didn't, you know, act fast enough, it would have been it for Piglet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be awkward to tell Christopher Robin. Like, they all find him in the skull later, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, where's Piglet? You said you were all looking for me. Yeah, oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of do that with Pooh. <laughs> they, they, yeah, I mean, you're right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're like, because it'd be weird if it's like, oh, yeah, Piglet got carried away by butterflies and then dropped down a cavern and died. But that's like what happens to Pooh. Yeah, that's pretty much the Christopher Robin's like, oh, where's Pooh? Oh, he died. Yeah, they're like, oh, about him. He be dead. And Christopher Robin's like, OK, I'll I'll find him and just puts a giant honey pot down. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Could you describe for me the honey, like the taste of the honey in Winnie the Pooh? The honey, uh... Yeah, I've never, I've I've never had it from Winnie the Pooh. Not honey, but this honey. It tastes very gold. You know, you know how when you, like, lick gold? Yeah, the metallic-y taste? Yeah, that metallic-y taste? It's like that melted down, but also, like, uh, the ragu cheese pasta sauce in movie theater nacho cheese oh so it's cheesy gold it's cheesy gold yeah that's the uh that's the vintage that christopher robin always buys poo (laughs) (laughs) oh man um yeah i feel like the honey has always looked pretty delicious ren it's i like i consider that honey on the same level as like a goofy movie cheese pizza. Yes. And like T-bone steaks from Tom and Jerry. They uh, just look yeah. Delicious. It's like food that is. It's it's. It looks great. It looks really great. Yeah. I uh, I would probably 
like the way that it he eats it it's like mush in his mouth yeah like it's very sticky and like he opens up his mouth and it's like like he's not eating it but it's just like i don't know it's like choking him yeah i worry about breathing through the the cheesy hun i don't think it's possible yeah i don't think so either so okay um christopher robin goes missing uh, first they have to sing "Forever and Ever." This move, this movie has songs. You oh. like the songs? Forever is a long time. Forever is... and ever and ever. Yeah. And ever. Just like how long the song is. I didn't yeah. like this one. No, did you like any of the songs in this movie? No, I didn't like any of the songs. Okay. They're like either too sappy or they're just they have like that boring quality that most mm-hmm. of these Disney tune songs have. Yeah, like they're just like too low energy. Like nothing, nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. They're these clearly aren't written by professional songwriters and lyricists. Yeah. What about? But you didn't like Rabbit Song, which is also now used as like one of the openings to a Fox News uh, program. Which one was Rabbit Song? Rabbit sings the whole song so? about about uh, about reading. Like, uh, oh right. Yeah, if you read it, then it's real. But if you don't read it, then it's fake. Like, don't trust your instincts. Listen to the, like, the text. Yeah, when Rabbit looked at the screen and said, "Don't trust fake news." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Whoa, that's a little bit too far." Um, yeah, yeah, no. So, yeah, so we get this song with Pooh and Christopher Robin. It whatever they sing about being together forever and ever, forever and ever. Christopher Robin does the whole, like, poo, you're smarter than you think. Um, and then, Ren, who wakes up the next day? Christopher Robin is gone, and Pooh has a mystery honey in front of him. Is it, don't forget, it's autumn now. Yes. Changing of the seasons. Hmm. What do you think? I think that Pooh Bear should learn how to read notes first. Oh, you think Pooh needs to learn how to read notes? Can Pooh read? Pooh cannot read. read. That's very clear. <laughs> Pooh cannot read. Rabbit claims that Rabbit can read, but Rabbit can't read. Owl so can... cannot read. Owl can kind of read. Yeah. He can't, like, you like figure out what the words mean coherently together, no. but he can read them. No, the the visual. So Pooh finds this honey pot. Pooh then goes person to person and is like, "Hey, do you know who left me this honey?" Um, any clue? Also, have you seen Christopher Robin? Finally, they make it to Owl because Owl can read, and Owl goes to read this note, and he's like, uh, like pulling pieces of honey off of this piece of paper, which is all well and good, but to our point earlier, Ren. Owl pulls off like half the word, like half half the honey to reveal yeah, half the words. He doesn't bother reading the whole thing. <laughs> uh, warning, help! It makes me think of you've seen those. I've been really into those videos of dogs talking with buttons lately. What? What are you talking about? So there's this whole fad right now, or maybe I don't know if it's right now specifically, but it's a fad for me, where there's big dogs on like social media. They have buttons on the ground that there's usually like 30 buttons and the dogs will press it and it'll be like, like, um, outside, happy, go. 
and they pressed those buttons and then the owner in the video was like oh you'd be happy to go outside here let me take you outside so it's showing us like dogs can talk or whatever um but it feels like that like that's what owl pulled out is like the words used on those buttons do you have any questions this is this is insane what you're describing to me so it's a whole thing and at first i watched them ren and i was like this is real like these dogs are so smart and then i watched a video from a behaviorist watching them and she was like no these dogs are just pressing random buttons and getting positive feedback every time that they press the buttons and the owners are choosing what like buttons to acknowledge and to address and making up whatever it is that the dog is trying to say so yeah just check them out dogs are learning language and crows can use tools crows can you what crows have started building tools what kind of tools like they're in their stone age they're building stone tools nah they are what are they gonna do humans need to like turn back (laughs) the time on them like what if we just take their tools I don't, I don't think there's anything we can do. I think crows are just going to keep evolving. Yeah, should we be nervous? Like, uh, we we don't have anything to be nervous about. You but and I think me. Like, the humans of, like, a few centuries from now, I think they're going to be crow people. Crow people. So the two I are just going to merge at one point. Like, and I don't want to go into any specifics there. But you're just <laughs> saying that humans will just become crows. It's not going to be, like, a overthrowing of the human race. Like, somehow, the crows will take over, but it's gonna be like, uh, they like us enough, or they, they just, like, wanna hang out. Crow. Okay. <laughs> so we be, will we all just become crow people? Well, would we be their pets? We're, like, uh, equals. And, like, yeah. for now, we're equals, you know? We're figuring stuff out. Do you think there's more people or crows in the world? Probably more crows, right? You want to check? There's Global like uh, 10 birds to every population. Do you want all birds or just crows? How many crows are there? Well, so Partners in Flight estimates the global breeding population at 28 million crows. There's not a lot of crows. <laughs> That's not a lot of crows. All right. So let's say tomorrow all the crows evolved into people, like into like whatever the crow version of people is. Yeah. It's like a small country. Yeah. Alright, that's not bad. That's right? a lot of pros. How and many like, uh, uh, people live in... What's a small country right now? Like, uh... Norway? Uh, do you think 28 people live in Norway? I don't know, 28 million. No. Five five million live in Norway. What's, Uh-oh. uh, maybe the United Kingdom? No. Alright, try that. Population. Oh, that's way too big. 67 million. So why don't we just move some of the crows to the UK? Oh, Australia! Australia has 25.69 million people. And it has a lot of land. Perfect for crows. Perfect for crows. So we'll put the crows in Australia. We'll let them fight the... There's spiders that, like, kill birds in Australia. So, like, maybe, like, the crows can teach the spiders to evolve. That could be bad for us. <clears throat> could be bad for the Australians. Well, yeah, but the crows can fly. How many spiders are in Australia? Do you think Cause... one of the crows could pick up a spider and bring it over? Um, well, yeah, so that's the issue, Ren, is that there's 10,000 species of spiders in Australia. Not spiders themselves, but species. So that's a lot of spiders in Australia. If the crows teach them, then humans have a problem. 
So, Planet of the Crows and the Spiders. And the Spiders, they're gonna align <laughs> against us and overthrow us in the same way that uh, Winnie the Pooh uh, gets overthrown by Rabbit when they're going to Skull Rock to find Christopher Robin. Adventure is a wonderful thing. Yeah, is that, is that another song? Yeah, this movie's so boring. Yeah. Um, You're right, we're not the target audience for this. They're gonna go find... Pooh and friends are gonna go find stuff. Eeyore feels like he was written in because the exec said, make Eeyore go on the journey. He, and he has to be depressed the whole time. Right? Was it... I mean, well, that's the character. But I like it, but like they don't even acknowledge it the way that they acknowledge everything else. No. No, he's never acknowledged. He... Um doesn't have like we said like rabbit and tigger and piglet all have like things assigned to them like rabbit's whole thing is like being smarter than you think or whatever and tigger's whole thing is being braver no not braver what is it stronger 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 yeah his tail is weak um (laughs) which i don't understand the logistics of but he's gotten weak in his old age yes um I think there's a pill for that. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so they all have things assigned to them, and Eeyore does not, and it just annoyed me the whole time that Eeyore was just existing with them. Like, Christopher Robin doesn't even mention him at the end when he, like, yeah. wraps up everyone's character. Yeah. Yeah, it's because he wasn't originally supposed to be there. Was added in last minute. Um, they hear scary sounds the whole time that they're on this adventure. Now, does yeah, it bother uh, you? So, the destination is Skull, uh, Skull Rock. Yeah. But we don't really get a sense of, like, what do they need to go through to get to Skull Rock, other than like, forest and more forest. They say they mention herds of heffalumps multiple times. Yeah. Did you want heffalumps? Well, I just I just expected something to happen. It's nothing. Like they get lost in the woods for a bit, mm-hmm. then they get lost in a meadow for a bit, then they get mm-hmm. lost in the fog for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I just ran us through like three major plot beats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you? There's the moment where they are all hanging on to each other. Uh, with like. Uh, in a giant ravine. Is that when Tigger loses his confidence and can't jump high enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the times. It's like uh, when Michael Scarn loses his confidence <laughs> in Threat Level Midnight. Yeah, did Tigger need to do the Scarn? He should have done the Tigger, whatever that Tigger song is in that Tigger movie he does. Well, well, what do you mean from that Tigger movie? You mean from the Tigger movie, which we will be watching? It's called that Tigger movie now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so little here. Like Rabbit gaslights Pooh at one point because Pooh is like, "Oh, the mountains. We need to go through there." Looking at the mountains, and Rabbit says, "No, no, 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 no. Those aren't mountains." Right? Like, what was that? Did that piss you off? It, it's ugh. this whole movie. Like, I don't like. Mm-hmm. plots that mm-hmm. are like built on the idea of characters 
just not being thorough enough or just like overlooking like a small detail. Like it's like a good like it can be good dramatic irony. It can be good for farces. But, like mm-hmm. this is like this is little kid shit. <laughs> and I'm like watching like something you put on to entertain preschoolers at nap time. Yeah. Like I it, like I have no emotional attachment to this. I have no nostalgia for Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is just like seventy-two minutes of beating the clock. Um, do they say something about whipped cream in here? Yep, they do. I don't remember what, but they definitely said that. I wrote down. Uh, oh, so what it is is, because uh, Pooh's whole thing, Pooh keeps on trying to in moments in which Tigger can't jump high enough, or Piglet is in a high spot and scared, or Rabbit can't think enough. Pooh tries to encourage his friends by sharing Christopher Robin's quote from the beginning of the movie, but he That's can't right. remember it. So he says, just remember what Christopher Robin always says, you're slower than whipped cream. You're bigger than a beef, older when you're 13, smarter <laughs> than Doreen. <laughs> <laughs> we should have, uh, that would have been a good little Lulzy game. <laughs> that would have yeah. been a good little Lulzy yeah. game. What are you? You just always do an adjective and then then blank, then blank, then blank. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good character uh, building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright. Eeyore, let's go to say, ouch, they all fall into the ravine. Okay, sure. What else here? Uh, um, uh, rabbit can't function in this humidity. Yeah. They're in Florida. I think that's part of the issue. At one point, someone says there's no hope of things getting better. Oh, that's Eeyore. Yeah. Um. Yes, I wrote the same movie over and over because we do. We keep getting the same things over and over. The waterfall drop again. Yeah. Yeah. So let's. I. We end up in like a cave at the end of this where like they have to navigate like kind of different like paths and like tricky stuff similar to pretty much every disney tunes movie we've seen so far like is is this just what the disney tunes staff think peril is yeah going they're... into a cave and then falling down a waterfall it's exactly it it's we got to put them in a cave yeah 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 yeah. that's a good idea that's a good idea like, put them in it's a cave so weird for me to like see winnie the pooh mm-hmm. and his friends exploring a treacherous cave yes well i mean every movie needs stakes this high were you expecting for aladdin to stumble upon the king of thieves and have to tussle um and kill a man before he (laughs) could leave the cave should winnie the pooh have had to kill a man before he left this cave yes yeah where's that where's his saluk Maybe that's who Eeyore is. <laughs> yeah, Eeyore's gonna team up in the next movie. Maybe he dropped them on purpose. Mm-hmm. He knew he'd land on them. Um, yeah. But they all, all the Disney Toon movies, they like to go underground. They like to bring us there. Um, yeah, and they all accept that Pooh is dead. In the same way that Aladdin last week accepted that he killed a man. Pooh accepted that, um, uh, they all accept that Pooh has died in this cave. And they, uh, I feel like they take it pretty well, all things considered. Well, yeah, they do. They, there's a lot of, like, let's do it for Pooh. Uh, rah-rah. 
they're just like soldiers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're they're used to this. They've been ready to die for years. Mm. Well, of course. I mean, Kanga and Rue aren't in this, right, Ren? No, they're not. You're right. Yeah. Because they so you died. Think they passed away already? They died in the last cave. Yeah. Uh, the year before when Christopher Robin also went to school. Because it happens every year. Um. What is Oh, um. So, Tigger is like, I gotta high jump onto this vine. I gotta do it for Pooh. And he goes to do it and he misses, but then he, like, um, Princess Leia, like, uses the force. I was thinking Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. They're like, meow. Actually, that's not the sound effect I thought I was going to make. Yes, when Yoshi strums the banjo. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pooh gets unstuck. Yeah, Pooh gets stuck. He's like wedged between like some minerals and rocks. Yeah, like diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says no more Wii, Nintendo Wii, W-I-I. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, did the Nintendo Wii have a good marketing scheme? The Nintendo Wii is one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Yeah, what, do you, what did they do right? I how, think... How was it so successful? I think it, they just... Uh, it was cheap at the time. I think it was only $250. Yep. So it was ad, it was marketed as like a budget console compared to the Xbox 360. And the mm -hmm. PS5, which I believe launched at 600 So the Wii was a direct competitor to the PS5? Or should I say is? Sorry, I meant PS3. I meant PS3. Okay, I was confused on the timeline there, Ren. You have to be clear. This is a podcast. You don't want people to listen to this and walk away thinking that the PS5 came out the same year as the Nintendo Wii. You're right. It so, didn't. I think it came out a year before. Just be careful right? next time. The Wii came out the year before the PS5? PS3. Friend, come on. Bryce, you need to relax. Friend, people are listening to this and they're looking to get information as to what Nintendo system came out in what year. And if you need to Jacob be accurate. wants you to apologize, he can ask. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so what what did they do right? So it was cheap. I agree with that. It was cheap. It launched mm -hmm. with a free game, Wii Sports, which mm -hmm. was also like pretty much the introduction to motion controls in gaming. Mm -hmm. And it was it also had Twilight Princess at launch. Yes. As one of its first games, the next new Zelda, which mm -hmm. at the time was one of the most hyped up games of all time. Yeah. Live up to the hype? Uh, for the most part. Yeah, I think people don't really... People don't talk about it in the same way that they talk about, like, Resident Evil 4. You notice that? Well, Resident Evil 4, like, fundamentally changed gaming. Interesting. Like, Twilight it was Princess the first game not. to have the over-the-shoulder, uh, like, camera playstyle. Mm -hmm. Which pretty much inspired every single third-person shooter ever made since. Fortnite? Yeah, you could you could probably link Resident Evil 4 to Fortnite in the same way you can link Dark Souls to Ocarina of Time. Resident Evil Fortnite. They share mm -hmm. a foundation. Yeah. Uh, do you want to meet me in the battle bus sometime, Ren? I don't know, Bryce. Yeah. Fortnite's not for me. Yeah. Um, no. No. Uh, they took away building for a little bit. That's all I know. Yeah. And I was there. I, I, was, I was there for that. Um, and then left again. Were you as upset? As soon as I was back. Oh, no, not really. Don't like building. I don't like building. 
Okay. Yeah, because other people are really good at it, and it's what makes the difference between like being good at that game or being great. So when they took that, that, that makes away, sense, though. You know, it's not you know building. It's not Winnie the Pooh. So why would you like it? Exactly. Winnie the Pooh, on the other hand, big fan of you this. Love Pooh's Grand Adventure. Especially the climax when he reunites with Christopher Robbins. Who was there the whole time. He was searching for them. Yeah. That's sweet. It's very sweet. Um, I have a question. Yeah. So, you know how they walk so they reunite with Christopher Robin. Pooh is not dead. They all walk back. There's a really nice like I like that they show that everything was scarier in their heads because when they were alone or whatever, but now they're together, so everything is less scary. And yeah. so we see, like, oh, the ravine was just a bridge. And, like, the forest was actually, like, flowers. So, like, things weren't actually that scary. I like that little moment. My question about that is the skull rock, though they acknowledge that it was smaller than it seemed, um, was still a skull rock. And so I'm just a little bit confused. Does Christopher Robin have a skull in his room? So, uh... Yeah, right? Because everything inside the Hundred Acre Woods takes form based on what's inside Christopher Robin's room. Yeah. So he must just have, like, a human skull lying around. Maybe his dad got it in the war. <laughs> yeah. He brought it home. He said, son, I have a new toy for you. You can mm -hmm. add it to the Winnie the Pooh characters. Yes, here, put this put this one between Owl and Bunny. Yeah. You can call him Johnny Skullhead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so is that, like... Is the Hundred Acre Woods, is that just, like, uh, wallpaper? Like, I, I'm kind of confused about the setting. It's not like, um... It's a real forest where Christopher Robin brings his toys so they can toy story. Okay. It's a real forest. Christopher Robin brings the toys, so he just kind of leaves them out in the woods. Yeah, but, like, they didn't have Toy Story law back then, so, like, the toys can interact with him, and, they, and he can know. That and he toys. knows, yes. Alive. Yes. But, like, something, like, bad happened in the Hundred Acre Woods, like, way later... Like, mm -hmm. closer to when Andy was a kid. Yeah. And that's when Toy Story law was put yeah. in place so the toys couldn't uh, acknowledge their masters anymore. Did it have to... And uh, Sid, who's a little bit older than Andy, he kind of remembers both times. So like that's he, why he's so... Yeah. Like, he remembers it from when he was really little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know when Sid was a kid? Uh, he was alive during Order 66. He actually survived it. That's why yeah. he's the way he is. Yeah. Makes a lot more sense when they added that context in uh, the Disney Plus series, Woody. Should we do another uh, Obi-Wan wrap-up? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to say about Obi-Wan. I've got nothing. I could talk about not the newest episode of Miss Marvel. Not, uh, what, is it, what day? Is it Thursday today? Yeah, not yesterday. I also I did talk... not watch it this week. I could talk about last week's Miss Marvel. Yeah, it was but, a pretty good episode. I, I like Miss Marvel. I just forgot about it this week. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been in, enjoying it a lot, too. Um, it's the uh, most creative mm -hmm. the MCU shows have felt since since they pretty much started, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, let me know if this uh, smells right or if it smells bad. A Reddit okay. comment on Miss Marvel on the third episode said, uh, it's a great call that the text started out really big and lively, and then in this episode, it's more of like the standard text type animation that you usually see, and it's because things are like are getting serious now, and that's why they they chose to do it. So is it that, or is it just they the budget they blew their budget? 
from what, what I think? read, they the they the show originally didn't even have this like the editing stuff where the text comes up on screen. Mm-hmm. It was something they just like winged it in the editing room. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's not really uniform across the whole season. Yeah, yeah. To me, it just felt like okay, they got a big editing budget for the first episode because they wanted people to be hooked, and then they were told to dial it back. So. But well, now they're okay. doing, like, superpowers CGI, so maybe they can't afford it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's the, So I guess I missed it, but there's, like, the Ten Rings symbol ended up somewhere in that episode, too. Yeah, I guess I missed it, too. Yeah. So. Um. Wow. So is this what it's going to be, like, every time that we just, like, watch something that we don't want to talk about? Because <laughs> next, like, this is a day. Like, we have... So I, I think this is a special case because this is a movie truly made for children. Okay. So this this doesn't strike me as like a uh, like a Disney movie. Like oh, you can this is for the parents too. This one really feels like it's mainly for the kids. Yeah. Mainly for the kids who like Winnie the Pooh. I never really liked Winnie the Pooh growing up, so you know, it's no real attachment here. We you know I we were really counting on your love and passion for this movie to take us through this episode. But I have none. That's the issue. <laughs> That's the issue. Is like, and like the characters don't even feel to me. They don't really feel like themselves here. Um, mm-hmm. like we said, Eeyore is just super sad, but like not really. Like he isn't acknowledged at all. Like it's it's almost like they're all in a bubble, but like together in a bubble. Um, not really caring about or addressing each other's like issues or feelings. Like Other a than diagram bubble, yes, and Pooh's in the middle, and he like kind of has to solve it, but his whole thing is like he's Pooh, so he isn't a good problem solver, or like he isn't good at choosing things, so yeah, um, this like wasn't really a good Pooh movie. I anticipate Ren that even the later ones that we have to watch are gonna be better. From what I was seeing in my research this is one of the worst reviewed poo movies mm-hmm. i mean it right, was considered yeah. a step down from the first two that came before it yeah um i don't i guess because before this was what like the mini adventures of winnie the pooh which was like that's the classic like half lumps and woozles like pooh goes yeah. to sleep uh gets stuck in the tree like all of that classic winnie the pooh business so yeah. I don't know, this, this also feels, like, small in scope. There's not a lot to talk about. It's mainly just the characters, like, walking to different places and getting into, like, a little shenanigan before needing to solve their problems, which, mm-hmm. you know, for every character, it's the same It's the same character arc structure. It's the same, like, different beats to get to the same resolutions and realizations. Yeah. I want to talk more about Rabbit. Uh, yeah, let's talk, let's talk more about Rabbit. <laughs> so... Rabbit has like uh rabbit's gardening. Yeah. When we first find Rabbit. And Rabbit uh is following like an almanac. Yeah, the bunny's farm companion. Yeah, who made that? It's uh like some other rabbit that lives in the area, right? So it's local. Well, like there was a rabbit on the front. I'm assuming that rabbit lives in a rabbit's only community. Yeah. You you okay, I don't believe that. You don't believe he lives in a rabbit's only community? We never see any, like, there's not two bears, there's not two pigs, there's not two rabbits in the Hundred Acre Woods. There's one of each. 
Okay, so there is only one of each, but that doesn't mean he doesn't live in a rabbits-only community. That's true, like, but if, with that logic, they all do. He wouldn't let anyone else live there with him? Yeah, they all live in their own little community. Tiger-only community, bear-only community. What world are all these animals living together, by the way? What world? Yeah, can we... Let's play... Do you want to play a game? <laughs> yeah, what game? Yeah, so let's try to figure out um the like the hierarchy of these animals and we'll throw kanga and ruin here as well right so owl is clearly like their king so okay no 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 so you're you're still talking about the characters i'm talking about like the animals like the animal kingdom oh animal kingdom okay like uh who would eat who so the dominant animal last week tigers are supremely muscular so they're very muscular, but keep in mind this is if like this is an old tiger whose tail yeah, doesn't work. This, this it's a weak tail. He's, he doesn't really have much going on anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we got okay. We got a bear. We got an owl. We got um, kangaroos. Two of them. Okay, so you know pair, they're a pair there. Um, a rabbit, a pig, a donkey. And anything else? That's it, right? I think we got them all. Yeah, so I, I think yeah. I think either the kangaroo or the tiger are at the top of the food chain. A kangaroo more so than a bear? Kangaroos are strong. You so a kangaroo could beat a bear? Let's find no, 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 no. This is a conversation. This isn't what does Google say, Rand? I think a kangaroo could kill a bear. Tell me why. I think they could punch hard and kick harder. Okay, but bear have, like, sharp teeth. Sure, but if a kangaroo kicks a bear right in the face, those teeth are gone. Kangaroo kicks a bear between the teeth. <laughs> so, okay, so the kangaroo's first, first, like, attack, first physical altercation, their first plan is going to be to uh, defang the bear. Yep, knock all the bear's teeth okay, out. take all the teeth out, and then the kangaroo will be there and so the kangaroo will take over the bear but what about the tiger i mean tigger's old yeah he's weak he's I, frail. I think i think the tiger's going down okay um so i i would put the bear at the top of the food chain there's a reason why they all follow poo and it's not because he's a good leader he leads with fear. He leads with fear. An iron they, fist. They followed by age. Yes. Um, I don't so, know. Who seems like the kind of bear who wouldn't do much? Like, very passive? I mean, he's a honey bear. He doesn't even eat his friends. Okay, but you're saying this, but Kanga, in the same <laughs> type of argument, you're saying Kanga is the type of person who's going to knock some bear's teeth out? <laughs> if it meant protecting her son. Yeah. <laughs> Rue's like, Pooh tried to hurt me. Kanga's like, gonna go bash his you. teeth out. Boom. No more teeth. So, okay, so Kanga and Rue are at the top of your food chain. Um, and then Pooh? Yeah, I guess Pooh. I put Pooh third. Okay. Um, Pooh and then Tigger, I would assume, being the only other carnivore? Yeah. yeah. But are maybe kangaroos carnivores? Kangaroos, I think so, right? They can eat man. I mean, they can. Doesn't mean that they like would. Like, if you're in the Australian wilderness, 
and you die, a kangaroo would probably eat you. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what else are they going to eat? That's probably what they, like, mostly live on. Just tourists. Desert man meat. Yeah. So, okay, so we got uh, kangaroo, bear, tiger, and then uh, what's, I think, interesting to me, so now we got the donkey, we got owl, uh, any, is it just those two at the bottom? And bunny. Piglet. And piglet. So we got all four of those down at the bottom. Um, I think owl's at the top of that bottom. Well, yeah, so owl will scoop can, up and eat, like, down mice from up and above stuff. And, eat them and pick them up with his talons. Yes, and so, but then, a pig, like, piglet, I know piglet's small. We saw piglet get lifted by butterflies this time around. But, like, Piglet's gonna get big. You think so? Uh, yeah, that's bacon. What if Survival of the Fittest takes its course first? Uh, yeah, you're right. We're looking at them now, right? Because we said Tigger's an old man. Like, Piglet might not have the time. Mmm. Kanga's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so Owl's gonna... Owl's, Owl would swoop down on Piglet. Take out Piglet. But then, where does Donkey fit in? Eeyore lets himself die. Eeyore is at the bottom. Eeyore voluntarily puts himself at the bottom of the food chain. Yes. Okay. He resigns himself. Yep. So our food ch- uh, any and rabbit. Uh, rabbit gets caught in the crossfire. But you know, maybe like Tigger lands on him or something. No, but it's a food chain, so it's it's not like uh rabbit is rabbit below owl, but above piglet. E- rabbit is below piglet. Okay. Rabbit is the bottom of the food chain, other than Eeyore, the who donkey, who voluntarily put himself, down there. put himself at the bottom. Uh, I, like, you're giving me the logic of, like, Kanga could, like, punch out someone's teeth. Donkeys, <laughs> if Eeyore's feeling motivated, donkeys can do some damage. Eeyore's never gonna feel motivated. Okay. Yeah, and that's the issue. That's the problem. All right, so our food chain then is uh, we put kangaroo at the top of the food chain. They were absent from this film, but they're not absent from our food chain. Uh, and then uh, Pooh, and then Tigger, and then Owl, and then Piglet, then Rabbit, and then uh, who's at the bottom? Oh, yeah, Eeyore. Eeyore. Yeah, yeah. Great. This was fun. Yeah, I'm glad we figured out the 100-acre wood hierarchy. Yeah. I mean, so that was that was more of the food chain. Did you want to, like, in terms of, like, local politics? Like, in terms of local politics, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, usually their elections boil down to uh, Piglet trying to run a failed left platform, <laughs> yep. uh, Rabbit running a very successful right-wing platform, yep. and Owl yep. landing somewhere in between, kind of like a third-party yeah. uh, dark horse candidate. So, you know, he never... Vermin Supreme. Vermin yeah. Supreme. Yeah, because with <laughs> with those three running, that only leaves like four votes. Um, <laughs> within there, I assume like both. Um, so Eeyore, I think, doesn't show up to vote. No, Eeyore doesn't vote. He's a very apathetic. Uh, yeah, citizen. I assume he doesn't go to vote. Uh, Kinga and Rue count as two votes, even though Rue is not old enough, right? Yeah. Um, I assume she, that she's super right wing. Yeah, I was going to say, so she's very passionately with a rabbit. Uh, and then I would say that Pooh and um, Tigger. So Pooh and Tigger both go to dinner parties together, and they both talk about how ridiculous, like, rabbits, like, right-winged 
uh, politics are, but then they both in the voting poll, uh, voting booth vote vote for Rabbit. There's a lot of a waste star Royco shenanigans going on in the Hundred Acre Woods. Yeah. yeah. So um, I assume that that's that's typically how things shake out uh, politically for all of them. So uh, that means that there's other <laughs> other than Piglet, uh, there is no one who is on the left. Uh, in the Hundred Acre Woods. No, so. no one. Piglet's the only one. Yes. Um, the reason no one else is on the left is because Piglet keeps doing such a bad job. Yes, but also everyone keeps on telling, like, everyone being, you know, two of the voters, Pooh and uh, <laughs> Tigger, keep telling Piglet, oh, you got my vote. You're a shoe in this year. And then they and don't Rabbit vote. Rabbit keeps for getting Piglet. every single vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, does Christopher Robin have any say in the politics? Good question. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like he feels like it's beneath him. Yes, okay. Yeah, or like, um... He, I would assume that he is, like, the person who the president reports to. He's, like, super president. He's, yeah. 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 Um, alright, Ren. Well, (laughs) this is a good conversation about Winnie the Pooh. Do you want to hear some reviews? Yeah. Yeah, give me some reviews. All right. Uh, this review is by Dozer Melon. It's called A Cute Show. Pooh Rocks. January 22nd, 2005. 10 out of 10. I like this show. Even my two sons said that they loved this cartoon very, very, very much. Very adventurous and enjoyable for British kids, too. Book of Pooh is also great. Kids over three years old would be entertained when they found that this show talks about friendship and love and also heartwarming cartoon, too. My favorite characters are also such as Piglet, Tigger, Rabbit, and Owl. I also love Winnie the Pooh series. If you guys haven't seen it, well, then do so now. The show would deserve to be rated 10 out of 10 for the mix of friendship, love, heartwarming, Comedy and adventure. Um, Ren, I have a big question for you. Yeah, what's up? So the Book of Pooh. Yep. Um, is anybody reading the Book of Boba Fett? Are they in the same series? Should no. I read Book of Pooh first? No, 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 no. Then I'm just in asking you, I was having this conversation with uh, Liam last night about the Book of Boba Fett. Um, what a, a terrible name. What book? He did well, nothing. Book. He did nothing book worthy. The book. He uh showed up. Yeah. To Tatooine. Yeah. He became a slumlord. Mm-hmm. But he, he was like a nice one. He was he was cool. He like. So had people a... are gonna write a book about that? You you this old guy mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere, starts hanging yeah. out with the local teenagers. You're not gonna write about him. Uh, I mean, might write about him in a certain newspaper. Maybe not a book. <laughs> yeah. Should yeah, I don't... It, what should we call it? The expose of Boba yeah, Fett? the ar- the article, um, the letter to the editor of Boba. Dateline: How to catch a predator <laughs> Boba Fett. Yeah, like I don't um, I just don't know about the book. They didn't commit to the book aspect. I wanted more. They should have had a narrator. Yeah, that would have. Who's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher yeah. Robin. Like, if it if it opened with, like, all right, we got, um, like, Grandpa Hutt 
is laying his baby Hutling down to rest. Uh, and Hutling says, Dada, I want a story. And Grandpa Hut says, here's one. I haven't read this one in a long time. Uh, and he's just looking at the shelf, but he doesn't have hands, so he can't take it off the shelf. Um, but can so we just... see that the book is called The Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, and then he just recites it from memory. Okay, good. He says, I can't grab it because I don't have hands, grandson, but I can recite it to you by memory. Yeah. Must be a good book. <laughs> good enough to make a six-episode series about. Yeah, and then the uh, grandson is like, I'm sorry, I thought this was the book of Boba Fett. Why is there two chapters of the six about Mando? Because everything is synergy now. Yeah. Nothing uh -huh. can be standalone. I can't wait for um, Disney to re-release the sequel trilogy, but uh, make it the Rava cut. The Riva cut. Rava is cut. Kendall's uh, yeah. ex-wife of succession. Yeah. Yeah. Should they have just used Rava's character from succession instead of Riva? <laughs> Would that have been interesting to watch in Obi-Wan? Yeah, trying to juggle Iverson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> amongst all of that, amongst trying to uh, be a... Obi-Wan get yeah. her revenge on Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the grand finale, uh, Logan comes in to slap Darth. F off. That's how, and that's why Darth Vader stops following Obi Wan. Mm. Mm hmm. Um, Want to hear another review? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This is this was about Pooh, right? Yeah, it's about Pooh. Okay, perfect. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Winnie the Pooh meets Lord of the Rings, by Kichu. Four out of ten. They're wrong. October 18, wrong. 2008. My five-year-old did not enjoy this movie because Pooh and friends spend most of the movie scared and perceived peril. Much of the movie looks like they are walking through the minds of Mora. Everyone is scared. Everyone is nervous. And it translates right to the kids watching. The gang just goes from one bad situation to another. What is the point? At the end of the movie, which does end sweetly, my daughter exclaimed, I never want to see that movie again. As for the DVD extras, I've never been a fan of how DVD Disney handles the heffalumps. Every heffalump sequence seems like an acid trip. The DVD includes an older episode featuring morphing heffalumps. It was just more disturbing stuff that my kids didn't enjoy. Sounds to me Lord of the Rings. Sounds to me like we missed out on something good there. Yeah, we uh we talked about the missing heffalumps. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, it's a bummer indeed. Uh, okay, Ren. Uh, give me the last one. There are two more, actually. Two more? Okay. Yeah, the 1 out of 10 in the Entertainment Weekly review. Okay, great. Go for it. So, <clears throat> the 1 out of 10 review. Too scary for the very young and barely watchable for adults. By Vinny Vidi Victoria. Uh, January 9th, 2019. Oh. I'm a fan of Winnie the Pooh, and I find this movie almost offensive. The continued theme of this movie is A.A. A. Milne's most beloved quote, which is used as a punchline and misspoken over and over again. The tone is dark and spooky, and completely lacking of the carefree nature of the original Winnie the Pooh. It's pretty much slapstick from beginning to end. Slapstick isn't comedy for young two- and three-year-olds. It's stressful. And if the adults tell them it's funny, then they will try to mimic it afterwards. I hated it. 
Did you hate it, Bryce? Yeah, I hated it. Let me read you this Entertainment Weekly review. Okay. By George Blueston. It's sad when your best friend goes away, and that's what happens in the straight-to-tape extension of the Winnie the Pooh franchise. Disney deep-sixes the charmingly assertive inhabitants of the Hundred Acre Wood and substitutes a band of self-pitying imposters who seem all too aware of their capacities for failure. In Pooh's grand adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin, Pooh, suddenly credible as the bear of very little brain, remains sweet as honey, but after Christopher Robin mysteriously disappears, Fussy Rabbit gets a bit Napoleonic, and Eeyore takes a turn towards clinical depression, aping the message of The Lion King and The Wizard of Oz. This treacly musical fantasy in no way matches the grown-up wit or toddler psychology of the four A.A. Milne stories Disney adapted so long ago. See? And those are our reviews for the day. Dang it. I keep on, I don't know why, Ren, these past two reviews I muted on Zoom instead of my, like, just my mic button. Have you been tr talking? I Well, I've come back with a good zinger each time, and then I uh, didn't. So this time around, I said see, more like don't see that movie. Yeah, that was a good zinger. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you want to review this film? Like, review it? I feel like we did that. Rate it? Oh, I'm sorry. In. Yeah, do you want to rate this film? Yeah. Uh, is this the worst thing we've watched so far? No, it's not the worst. Like, visually and aesthetically, it's pretty good, actually. Like, we didn't talk about it too much, but I actually thought the art style was very nice. Yeah. It's it has not... a, some nice, like, watercolors, some really nice textures and shading. Like, nothing looks cheap, mm -hmm. which is a big problem we've been running into. It's just not for us. Yeah, it's not for us. We're not the target audience. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit boring for my taste. It's low stakes, kind of bland. I didn't really care for the music. Do you think Disney made a mistake by not making it for us? I honestly think every piece of media should be made for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm gonna go out here then. I'm going to probably give this like a, I don't know, a four. That feels nice enough. Give it a four. It's tough. Because, like, do I technically think it's worse than Aladdin and the King of Thieves? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Like, artistically and, like, I don't even want to say creatively because this isn't really that creative of a film. Mm -hmm. Like, artistically and, like, on a technical letter level, it's better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's not that entertainment entertaining to me. Yeah. Hey. I think... Uh -huh. I think I'll give it a 4.5. I'll be a little bit generous and award it an extra 0.5 for its animation. That is nice. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking, Ren, just now, about the review you just read, in which they said elements of The Wizard of Oz, which correct, yep. yep. The Lion King, though, is what I'm stuck on. Yeah, what do you think he meant? <laughs> Um, like, what about this movie reminds you of The Lion King, if anything? Is it because Pooh disappears in the cave and then comes back and he's, like, 20 years older and he's ready to be king? It has to be. Maybe Christopher Robin coming home. Yeah. He is it... claims his rightful place as king of a hundred acre woods. Yeah. Tigger is, um, a tiger, which isn't a lion, but it's close. Yeah, they're like a lion's cousin. Yeah. 
So I don't, I, I didn't quite, maybe the songs, they both have songs. They have music, they're about animals. Yeah. Uh, maybe the skull reminded him of Elephant Rock. Elephant oh, Rock. yeah, you don't go there. Elephant Graveyard. Elephant, elephant Graveyard. No. Okay. Um, Ren, uh, here's, I was thinking that as our little, like, teaser each week, I think that it makes sense uh, for us to... Uh, to watch the uh, the trailer for what we have coming. Oh God, that is a good idea, but yeah, <laughs> this was a this was a big movie to pick it for. So this is uh this is for next time on Bryce and Ren, uh, three director video. We'll be Wait, watching. Wait, Bryce, Wait, are we gonna get like audio flagged for this? No, no, they don't. No one cares. No one. No, no one cares about podcasts. It's legal. Right. We could play the whole movie. We could play the whole movie's <laughs> audio, and no one would say anything. Can't believe we're about to get our first Lost episode. Enjoy all the magic at home with these great Disney movies coming to video. Beauty and the Beast. It's everyone's favorite classic, and the only animated film in history to be nominated for Best Picture. Now... Get ready to be our guest for a perfectly enchanting new movie now in production. Come on! What are we waiting for, Christmas? Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. It's the world premiere of a brand new Disney classic coming only to video. A never-before-told chapter in the Beauty and the Beast legend. The classic tale of a young girl, her enchanted friends, and the one thing that just might touch the heart of a beast. The Spirit of Christmas. Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas reunites all the original cast. Go for it! Including Robbie Benson, Paige O'Hara, Jerry Orbach, David Ogden Stiers, and Angela Lansbury. And two new star-studded voices, Tim Curry as Forte, the evil pipe organ, and Bernadette Peters as Angelique, the castle decorator. Oh, Lumiere. Ah, Angelique, mon amour. These new friends join your favorite characters singing five show-stopping songs. As long as there's Christmas, I truly believe. Don't miss the most enchanting new Disney movie of the year that you can add to your video collection. Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. The world premiere is only on video November 11th. The fact that they use like, in-production sketches that aren't inked or colored in or anything, I think says everything about Disney Tune. Yeah. Yeah. It's means... For the trailer. Mm -hmm. It's a work in progress, for sure. Yeah, they're still trying to figure out the details, like, the color of the characters. Yeah. Are you excited for Tim Curry for uh, the cheese pizza? To play a, a dresser, a CGI dresser. No, no, it's an organ. Oh, it's an organ, right. Sorry, that's my CGI bad. CGI organ. Yeah, and I also love that they teased, they were like, Beauty and the Beast, the only film to ever be nominated, only animated film to ever be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Now here's this. <laughs> Our Academy Award winning follow-up, yeah. Bell's Enchanted Christmas. Yeah, it could be, I mean, you and I pretty much are like a subsection of the Oscars, so this could be, it could win another one next week when we watch it and we say, wow, this was so underrated. But, 
Oh, okay. Lily loves it. Oh, she's liking it? Yeah. She's a big fan. Big fan of the Enchanted Christmas. So, uh, well, Ren, it's been good catching up. Um, Pooh was not so great. Um, but I think Beauty and the Beast is going to really, really help us get back on track. Are you more of a beauty or a beast? Am I more of a beauty or a beast? I think yeah. I'm a beast. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I played Belle. You played Belle? Yeah. So That's good. Yeah. That's a good role. Yeah. Um, if you can show your range. But I didn't think you were good at serious acting. I'm not. Yeah. I couldn't pull it off. Does, is, does Belle ever make any jokes? Uh... Like, never. Unless it's at Gaston's expense. Because she's a bully. So yeah, she's like so so mean to him. It's uh, it's really awful. It's really awful. I would love a retelling of the story. Just call you know, it Gaston. Where they finally you know get it right. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I don't think he's not gonna be in this one, right? He can't be, right? Yeah, because this Christmas. is this takes place like this. It has to be during the first Beauty and the Beast, right? Like, there's no, logically nowhere else it can take place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bold choice for them to do this, to do, like, a story within the story instead of um, doing a sequel in which it's now just Beauty and the also-handsome man. Beauty Um, and the man? Yeah. A lot less fun. Yep. He's just a regular guy. Yeah. He's probably boring, right? Do you think that after he, like, she loses interest in him after he's no longer a beast because it's like there's nothing special about him? She doesn't like him anymore as a man? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, uh, do you want to, like, continue to learn how to read? And he's like, nah, I'm going like, to go surf. I have my body back. Yeah. He, like, he gets mean again to his servants. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Ren, uh, let's do this. Let's let's talk some Beauty and the Beast next week. Um, yeah. Did we talk about E.T. last week? Yeah, we did, right? How much? Uh, enough where I remembered to put him in the wallpaper. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, I don't remember talking about E.T. Like, I'm sure I did it, but... We definitely talked about E.T., or I really hope we did. Because huh. E.T. is a pretty prominent part of the uh, poster. Interesting. We, we did. Actually... Yeah. Huh. We talked about Jaws, that's for sure. Yeah, we talked about Jaws. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, Ren and everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care. And I'll uh, see you the at- rest of your day. I didn't know. I, did, I do my thing, and then you get to tell us where you see yeah, us. Yeah, do your thing. Do your thing. Have a good rest of your day. We'll see you at Belle's Enchanted Christmas Party. Wow, we're really on it today, Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye.